Hey guys, uh, just a couple of things I want to go over before we start the episode. Um, I will be away in the end of June till the beginning of August. I'm going to be on rotation in Germany, which I'm really excited about. But uh, unfortunately, I won't really be able to release or record any new podcasts between uh, now and then. So this might be the last one for a few weeks. But don't fear, uh, my old ones are on archive. So if you guys really miss my voice and want to hear me, Feel free to listen to some old podcasts. Uh, hopefully I'll be able to come back with some new guests. Um, I am friends with a few German pharmacists that I'll be visiting with while I'm over there. So um, hopefully I'll get some good interviews and I can post those when I get back. I also want to remind you guys that I am starting the new podcast, Living Room Language, in August. So stay tuned for that one. I'd appreciate it if you guys check that out. I think it's going to be a really good one. I'm just um, talking to a few different people about being on it right now, and like I said, hopefully that'll be up in August at some point, but I will keep you guys updated uh, as I learn more about that. So today's episode was really cool. I was able to work with a uh, recent graduate of the University of Florida who is a floater pharmacist at my rotation sites, and she was kind enough to agree to be on the podcast and just uh, give a little bit of insight on what it's like to transition from four years of school and pharmacy school and all the studying and testing to being in the workforce and, you know, having all the responsibility just on you. So without any further ado, I'd like to welcome Dr. Anna Javid. Hey guys, so we're doing a special edition of the Capsule Production Podcast. We're actually doing it on-site during our lunch break. Um, so I want to welcome Dr. Anna Javid. She's a recent graduate from UF and just started with CVS Target uh, not too long ago. So welcome, Anna. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Of course. Um, so I thought this would be a good podcast because a lot of us are getting ready to graduate and we actually have to start working like for real. It's no more tests, no more school. So um, I just kind of want to go over some basics with Anna about um, how to kind of transition into the workforce. So what was like the biggest part of transitioning? Like was that kind of hard transitioning from school to actual work or was it weird? Uh, it was very weird at first. It was a huge learning curve, especially with me. I hadn't worked in retail as a technician or even at a hospital as a technician at all. So everything was brand new to me. Um, so coming from doing tasks, uh, quizzes, and just being in the books for the past four years was... Um, it was very different just jumping into the work, the working environment. So it's a huge learning curve, and you do learn a lot when you actually start working. I gotcha. Um, so what's um, so like? What was the biggest hurdle like going in? So I'm sure it's kind of hard. Like you know, it's it's all on you now. It's not like you have a preceptor to go to or something like that. Right. It's a huge liability, um, and so everything is on you. You're liable for your technicians and basically your store managing everything there. Um, the biggest hurdle I think would be probably just interacting with customers. That I feel like I wasn't very well trained on in school. And so coming from an environment where you're tested on like all these big words and then you have to come to an environment where you're just, you know, talking to patients, it's very different. And so that was something that I struggled with trying to explain to patients what's going on with their medications, um, the drug interactions. It was hard for me to simplify in 
terms that they could understand. I so some of some of those kind of things. Okay, yeah. I mean that makes sense. So you you know you, like you said you take a lot of tests and exams, you do a lot of homework, and you're right. used to talking to your friends that know a lot about pharmacy, but now you have to direct it towards someone that knows nothing about pharmacy. Exactly. And things like this where people ask you questions about where things are or over-the-counter recommendations, that was something that was very new to me. Even though we had touched base on it in classes sometimes, um, it just, when you're on the spot, it's it's hard because you can't reference a book. You can't just open a book in front of a patient and start researching and taking your time. You kind of have to ask, answer their questions and kind of move on, especially with all the busy stuff going back behind the counter too. Yeah. So it's hard to manage that. So yeah, they kind of put you on the spot. Mm -hmm. So, um, so did you have you worked in retail before, or is this like your? I had not worked in retail before. This was my very first time um, in pharmacy, like on the job. Uh, I had worked on. I had done my IPPEs um, through school that were required, and that was pretty much um, all the experience that I had in retail and uh, one rotation in APPEs. Okay. Retail. Um, So, what kind of like resources do you use? So, I mean. in school, you know, we have basically the professors, our friends, we have, you know, this whole list of litany of things um, the school gives us. Like, what, what do you go to most in retail world? So my favorite app that I use is Apocrates because it's free and it's a pretty good app to find whatever information you need, at least in retail. Um, and then through through my job, we have access online to several other resources like ClinFarm, Micromedax, so I can always refer to those if I need more detailed information about medications or conditions. Um, the important thing is really to know where to find answers um, and how to get access to websites that can answer your questions. So when you're starting out, um, I would you know, ask your, ask your boss or whoever to see what kind of resources are available to you um, on that job and also search for apps and things that might help you out a little bit, a little bit extra. Um, and I know it, within my district, we have a group me. So all the pharmacists in that region, in our region, have a, a big group text where if we have questions or get stuck on something, we can text and somebody will you know, usually reply within a, a reasonable amount of time. Um, so try to get connections and um, know people that can answer your questions, whether it's within your workplace or you know friends that you have that have gone on to do different things. Just keep in touch with people. Okay. So- People are a great resource. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so what like what was your first day like? So I mean, did they just hand you the key and they're like, all right, here you go? Or was it like a little easier to transition in where you're working with another pharmacist for a while? Or? Nope. It was here's the key, you're it's just you. Good luck. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> I had a pretty rough first day. I questioned whether this was right for me when I when I finished my shift. It was pretty rough. But you learn the, the ropes and you have technicians to help you out and other people to help you out um, with whatever you need. So you might get stuck and it might be a little bit rough at first, but you get the hang of it sooner or later. Okay, so was it rough in terms of it was just busy or just had like a lot of problems you weren't sure how to deal with? Or? Right, it was mostly my problem was that it was I was placed at a busy store and I didn't know how to handle some like customers and their requests. So I had to reach out to my technician, see what we could do about it. Um, and that kind of made me feel like I wasn't really smart enough or cut out for the job. Mm-hmm. But you have to realize that you're not going to always know everything. So yeah. you just have to know who to reach out to um, and what to do in certain situations. 
Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so like an example, I can give you an example. My first day on the job, um, we hadn't, we received our order, hadn't put it away or checked it in or anything. I had a mom that was trying to pick up her medication for her son she had been waiting on since uh, the weekend. And um, uh, she was upset that other patients could, you know, simply come in, bring their prescriptions, drop them off, uh, pick them up in a couple minutes, 15 minutes or whatever. And whereas she has to wait the whole weekend and still can't get her medication. And so I said, you know, I responded in a way that wasn't the best that I could have. I sh what I should have done was probably look for the medication in the box, find it, fill it real quick. But I kind of, I went off on a tangent and said, well, yeah, we have those medications in stock so we can fill them. So it was just a messy situation. Well, yeah, that does sound kind of crazy. You don't want to mess with mama bear. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you said you didn't really have like a whole bunch of uh, retail experience. So you did your IPP, PPE, and then you had like one rotation during your APPEs. Right. Um, so like what other rotations did you do that were kind of cool on your um, APPE rotations? Um, one of my favorite rotations was trauma rotation at Orlando Regional Medical Center. Uh, I saw some pretty crazy things there. Uh, some patients would come in with, uh, there were a lot of motorcycle accidents. So we would see a lot of those, and then, you know, having to watch the watch one of the workers call parents to let them know what happened. Their child is in the hospital. It's pretty intense, um, especially when you see it in real life. You hear about stories all the time on the news, but you know, when you're actually there in the trauma room, it's it's a whole different experience. Yeah, I can imagine that's like kind of surreal, like absolutely, unbelievable. absolutely, and just the craziness going around. Uh, we also had a patient that uh, tried to commit suicide stabbed himself uh, multiple times in his belly and the side and in, in his thighs as well. Oh, my God. So trying to uh, maintain all that blood is just blood on the floor, trying to make sure that he's breathing okay, just very intense experiences, especially in the trauma room, uh, people trying to do crazy stunts, gun accidents. You see all sorts of things. Is that like a, what do they call it, level one trauma center or something yes, like that? Okay, so, yeah, they're pretty used to that, I'm sure. Absolutely, and they also dealt with... Um, I actually dealt with some of the pulse victims that were there. So oh, I was yeah. there, I did my rotation afterward, after pulse happened, and some of the patients from that tragedy were still in the OR. Wow. Or, sorry, not the OR, the um, the units. I gotcha. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. So they were there for that long? Absolutely, yeah. Um, so how, how were you, like, mentally preparing for that? I mean, like, you go in, like, the first week and you see that kind of stuff. Like, you know, you got your couple of days off. Like, are you, like can I go back or like should I go back or how are you like dealing with that yeah there's no preparation for that it's it was the first time that I had kind of dealt with something like that so there was nothing I could have done to prepare um but it was certainly interesting okay so uh retail looks like it's a little bit more of a tame environment compared to ORMC it's not a trauma center or anything um but it does have some crazy aspects so how do you deal with like C2s? I know that can be like kind of a dangerous or like a taboo topic. So what, like, what is your process? So as a floater, it's a little bit hard to uh, know which, you know, C2 prescriptions are actually needed, which ones aren't, if they're shady, faulty. So I have to be on the lookout extra hard for the bad prescriptions. And as a floater, you don't, really know your patients all the time that are regular patients that fill with you so first step that I go to is e-forcing each prescription um, check 
check their profiles to make sure that they're not overfilling or filling early. Can and you can you describe what eForce is for someone that doesn't really know what that is yet? Or yeah, so eForce is a database system that Florida has that tracks all the control uh, prescriptions that patients fill and it'll give you information about their last fill, how much they filled for, the doctor's name, um, the pharmacy they filled at, whether they used cash or insurance. So it gives you all that information so that way you can form a better picture of their filling history and decide whether you, you're gonna fill for that patient or not. Okay, so it's like a statewide patient profile basically. Correct, yes. Okay. Um, so you said you checked that and then you could just kind of go on from there, like just based on what you see? Yeah, based on what I see there on eForce and then their uh, profile with CVS, if they have one or not, um, that's the next consideration. And also just looking at the prescription, handwriting, um, make sure there's not multiple handwriting, see if a, a previous pharmacy has written their address or eForce them. Um, signatures, make sure everything on the prescription is absolutely 100% correct that needs to be there. And then after that, I'll, I'll make the decision also based off of the patient's kind of behavior and um, their attitude as well. That makes a huge difference in whether I'll decide to fill for them or not. Okay. So you have to look for a bunch of little red flags. And mm -hmm. I'm sure you kind of gain experience with that as you go on. Yeah, it's definitely something that comes with time. You said you're floating. Um, did you request to do that, or is that just the common like way they start in turn, or pharmacists rather? Or? Since I was very new to the company and I hadn't interned or anything, I uh, became a floater. Sometimes you can get uh, a staff position if you've kind of been at that store interning there for a long time and if they have something open. So it all depends on availability. Gotcha. Um, so you'll probably start out as a floater and eventually get your own store. Okay. Um, so, like, what does a what entails being a floater? So, like, you just bounce around store to store. Like, is there traveling involved, or like, what like what's what encompasses that? Definitely, I think it also matters kind of how your supervisor is and your district is, how big it is. So, our district spreads from Orlando all the way up to Jacksonville. There's a store in uh, Georgia and one in Alabama as well. So, I do have to travel pretty far to go to some stores sometimes. Um, so, two hour commute is it's started to become normal for me. Oh, wow. <laughs> Two hours. Uh, I do try to request that I get put in stores that are closer to home, but if there's a need, I have to go to the store that they need me at. Okay. Have you worked in, like, Georgia or Alabama or anything? No, okay. I haven't, especially since I'm not licensed there. Okay. In those states, I don't think I'd be able to work there just yet. I got you. But you do have the potential to be basically anywhere in that region in Florida that you're Correct. licensed for? Correct, yes. Wow, okay. And do you get a lot of heads up about that, or is it just kind of like... I do have a set schedule, so I do get my schedule, um, you know, well in advance, about a month and a half or so ahead of time. So I do know what to expect and where I'll be. Okay. Um, okay, uh, so you started... Uh, so how long have you been with the company for? I've been with roughly? CBS for about a year. Okay, so... You've been here for a year. You've been out of school for a year now. So, like, what's something you kind of wish you knew, like, before you started or as you were graduating, you're like, oh, I wish I could go back and know this before I started? I wish that our school had a little bit more focus on retail aspect of pharmacy. It was highly clinical. And so I didn't realize that, you know, a lot of those things that we learn that are clinical don't use so much in retail. And so I really wish that they had some courses or kind of, like, uh, classes that taught more about retail, um, insurance processing, or economics. So that would have been really helpful, and I think I probably would have had a better idea of what I'm getting into if I had known some of that. Um, so that, and then 
pearls of wisdom, I guess, just, you know, in retail from people's experiences would have been nice to know. Okay. And then I also wish I had known that the market was going to be really saturated when I got into school. That was one of the things um, I didn't really realize that was going to be so saturated by the time I graduate. But I don't think that would have swayed my decision to go into pharmacy school. Okay. So you've just been a little more informed, so you kind of had a heads up that right. you're going to have a harder time finding a job or you got to know somebody, basically. Exactly. Okay. Um, so what are some cons? Like, what are things that you're really just not crazy about with as far as retail goes? So some of the cons about retail is are that you're working long hours on your feet, don't really get much time to sit down. Um, if you're at a busy store, sometimes you'll be lucky if you get a lunch break. But a lot of the times I don't get to go take a pee break or a lunch break all day. Um, so that's pretty rough. And then also on top of that, when you have to deal with uh, nasty customers, um, you have to remember to maintain a positive attitude even through all of that. So at the end of the day, you just have to remind yourself that not everybody knows what you do, um, knows everything that you do, and kind of just move on from there. You just have to let it go, move on, and get on with your day. I gotcha. So just focus on the good parts, I guess, too. And Absolutely. There's definitely more rewarding aspects than there are cons. Um, that does kind of suck, though. I couldn't imagine having to go, like, all day without really eating. Like, I would definitely get hangry, but... <laughs> it happens. I'm sure you get used to that part. Yes, you get used to it. Um, so what about pros? Like, what, what makes you excited about coming to work every day? Um, the pros are definitely uh, seeing the look on people's face when, you know, you save them money, you let them know what the cheaper price is for their drugs, and they're always very grateful for what you do, whether it's saving money or helping out with their medication regimens, trying to simplify things down, or making that phone call to the doctor to double-check something to verify their, if there's an interaction. Um, so people are always grateful that you take out the time to you know, spend on them and their medications and helping them out. So it's always rewarding to see that. That's, you know, that's what gets me through my day. Um, other uh, sorry pros are you get to make money, a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not going negative anymore. Exactly. No more negative. Paying off those loans, getting out of debt, um, and just having money, extra money to spend not being broke is a very nice feeling. Yeah, I can't wait for that. <laughs> um, so, so you pretty much just, you know, see all the fruit of your work come come into sight. So it's very rewarding. Like in school, it's a lot of clinical, as you mentioned before. But um, do you really use a lot of that clinical knowledge? Or is, do you have like a really certain subsection of knowledge that you use just for uh, retail pharmacy? or? A lot of the clinical uh, aspects you don't ver use very much. Um most things that you really need to know are like brand versus generic names, uh, side effects of the medications, interactions um, that are you know more serious versus a little bit less serious. So there's not a whole lot that you use that you learn in school, honestly. Um, a lot of it involves business and okay. maintaining your business, um, numbers, making profits. So. That's one thing that I wish we had learned a lot more in school about. So yeah, um, my first like three weeks on this um, community rotation, I really noticed that business piece was pretty big. Um, my preceptor was just showing me like a breakdown of different costs, cost savings, um, where their costs are kind of going, like extra expenditures they need to be cutting. And uh, yeah, I wish they really would have focused more on business, or at least I had better business sense. But yeah, they do try to help you guide, help guide you um, with that a little bit when you're working, depending on which store you're at and what their goals are. 
Um, so they do try to help you out, but it's, again, it's something that you don't really come in knowing. You have to learn as you go. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I noticed they really push on, uh, like, vaccines now, which is a good thing. Um, how is that working out for you? Because I know a lot of, uh, community pharmacists are uh, more prone to do more vaccinations and stuff, so... I love giving vaccines. Um, it's actually one of my favorite things to do. And just talking to people about vaccinations in general when I'm giving them a shot. Um, so if there's you know an awkward moment of silence, I'll just start talking about vaccinations and promoting um, immunizations and health. So I really like that aspect. It is It does get frustrating when you have patients that don't want to get their vaccines, especially for something, you know, some silly reasons sometimes that they might not understand like, oh, I got I got the flu even though I got my flu shot. So I try to help them um, understand what's going on, what stereotypes <laughs> there are about vaccines and try to uh, guide them a little bit better about those. Okay, so just focusing on the patient education part. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, okay, uh, so just wrapping up because our lunch break is almost over. Um, <laughs> what um, advice do you have for any pharmacists that are about to graduate and have like a ton of student loans? All right, so with student loans, um, one option is to continue living like you're poor, <laughs> living frugally still. Um, when I graduated, I set aside one paycheck towards loans, so about you know $3,000 every month towards loan. Okay. And then my other paycheck for that month I would use towards whatever I needed, my rent and all those expenses. Um, so that was one option. Just um, make sure that you... Make your payments on time, uh, just so it doesn't hurt your credit score and affect you from you know buying uh, bigger purchases that need your credit score down down the road, like houses or cars. So you want to make sure that you keep a good credit score by paying your monthly payments on time. And then one other piece of advice towards loans is that you can always try to refinance your loan with somebody that might give you a better rate so okay. that way you don't accrue as much interest over time okay that's, that's actually really great advice um we appreciate that yeah because we're gonna go out with a ton of loans and that, that's good advice so i appreciate that i appreciate being on the podcast by the way i know you gotta get back to work so yeah no no problem thank you for having me on your pro uh, podcast brandon no problem all right thanks guys i will see you next week Well, that's the end of the podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, thank you again to Dr. Anna Javid for being on the podcast. I think she had some really good insights and I had a great time working with her and uh, talking with her on the podcast. I want to thank my team at Capsule Production. Thank you to Amy, Jeff, and Meher for making this podcast possible. Um, I also want to give another thanks to everyone that donated on the GoFundMe. Uh, I was able to raise enough money to uh, get an LLC for Capsule Production and enough money to get another um, hosting account for the new podcast, Living Room Language, that I will be releasing in August. So I'm very excited about that. And I just want to apologize for all the background noise. Uh, I was on site, and um, I was lucky enough to have Anna give up her lunch break to talk to me on the podcast. So uh, if you can listen past the noise, I think she had some great advice on there. And hopefully I'll be getting more uh, interviews while I'm on my rotations on site. So look out for those. Uh, lastly, I just want to thank Sephiros for the music. Um, this song is called Celestial, and you can find it at freestockmusic.com. And I will talk to you guys when I get back from Germany. 